They had told Clara Casey that there was a small budget to furnish her new office. A tiresome administrator with a loud voice, tousled hair and irritating body language had gestured around the dull, awkward-looking room with its grey walls and ill-fitting steel filing cabinets. Not the kind of room that a senior consultant would consider much of a prize after thirty years studying and practicing medicine. Still, it was never wise to be negative at the outset. She struggled for the man's name. Yes, indeed, um, Frank, she said. It certainly has a lot of what might be called potential. This was not the response he had expected. The handsome, dark-haired woman in her forties, wearing a smart lilac-colored knitted suit, was striding around the small room like a caged lioness. He spoke quickly. Not unlimited potential, Dr. Casey, not financially speaking, I fear, but a coat of paint here and a piece of nice furniture there. A feminine touch will do wonders. He smiled indulgently. Clara fought hard to keep her temper. Yes, of course. Those are just the kind of judgments I would bring to decorating my own home. This is entirely different. For one thing, I can't have a room hidden miles away down a corridor. If I am to run this place, I have to be in the center of it and run it. But everyone will know where you are. Your name will be on the door, he spluttered. I have no intention of being locked away in here, she said. Dr. Casey, you have seen the funding. You were aware of the setup when you took the position. Nothing was said about where my desk would be. Nothing at all. It was left to be discussed at a later date. This is the date. He didn't like her tone. It was definitely like the tone of a schoolmistress. And this is the room, he said. She was tempted to ask him to call her Clara, but remembered he would have to recognize her status here if she was to get anything done. She knew his type. I think not, Frank, she said. Can you show me where else you could be placed? The dietician's room is even smaller, and the secretary has just room for herself and the files. The physio has to have his room laid out with equipment. The nurses need their station. The waiting room must be near the door. Can you kindly inspire me as to where we can find you another room if this perfectly serviceable place doesn't suit? I'll sit in the hall, Clara said simply. The hall? What hall? The space when you come in the glass doors? But Dr. Casey, that wouldn't do at all. And exactly why not, Frank? You'd be at everyone's beck and call, he began. Yes. There would be no privacy. It wouldn't look. It wouldn't be right. There would only be room for a desk. All I need is a desk. No, doctor, with respect, you need much more than a desk. Much more. Things like a filing cabinet, he finished lamely. I can have one of those in the secretary's office. A place for your patient's case histories. In the nurse's room? 
you'll need some privacy sometimes to talk to patients. We can call this room that you like so much the consultation room. We can all use it when needed. You could paint it calm, restful colors. Get new curtains. I'll choose them if you like. A few chairs, a round table. Okay? He knew it was over, but he gave one final bleat. That was never the way before, Dr. Casey. It just wasn't the way. There never was a heart clinic here before, Frank, so there is no point in trying to compare it with something that didn't exist. We are setting this place up from scratch, and if I am going to run it, then I'm going to run it properly. Clara knew that he was still looking at her disapprovingly from the door as she walked toward her car. She kept her head high and a false smile nailed to her face. She zapped to unlock the car and swung herself into the driving seat. After work today, someone would certainly ask Frank what she was like. She knew just what he would say. Ball breaker, big time. If pressed, he would say that she was power hungry and couldn't wait to get into the job and throw her weight around. If only he knew. No one must ever know. No one would know just how much Clara Casey did not want this new job, but she had agreed to do it for a year and do it she would. She pulled out into the afternoon traffic and felt it safe to let the false smile fade from her face. She was going to go to the supermarket and buy three kinds of pasta sauce. Whatever she got, one of the girls objected. The cheese was too strong, the tomato was too dull, the pesto too self-consciously trendy but out of three, they might find something that would suit. Please, may they be in good humor tonight. She couldn't bear it if Addie and her boyfriend Jerry had yet another ideological disagreement about the environment or the whales or factory farming, or if Linda had yet another one-night stand with some loser who hadn't bothered to call her. Clara sighed. People had told her that girls were terrible in their teens but became fine in their twenties. As usual, Clara had it wrong. They were horrific now at twenty-three and twenty-one. When they had been teenagers, they hadn't been too bad. But of course, their father, that bastard Alan, had been around then, so things had been easier. Sort of easier. Easier.